Hey guys, welcome to God on Tap. As always, I'm Nika Spaulding and I'll be walking us through Amos and we are going to continue with Israel today where we I have jumped into chapter 2 verses 6 through 16 and we're going to look at a very special part where we see a little bit of God's resume. And so without further ado, let's jump right in. I'm going to read Amos 2, 6 through 16. Amos 2, 6 through 16. For three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. Those who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted. A man and his father go into the same girl so that my holy name is profaned. They lay themselves down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge and in the house of their God, They drink the wine of those who have been fined. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and who was as strong as the oaks. I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. Also it was I who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and led you forty years in the wilderness to possess the land of the Amorite. And I raised up some of your sons for prophets and some of your young men for Nazarites, Is it not indeed so, O people of Israel, declares the Lord? But you made the Nazarites drink wine and commanded the prophets, saying, You shall not prophesy. Behold, I will press you down in your place as a cart full of sheaves presses down. Flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong shall not retain his strength, nor shall the mighty save his life. He who handles the bow shall not stand, and he who is swift of foot shall not save himself. Nor shall he who rides the horse save his life, and he who is stout of heart among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, If you feel like you're having deja vu, that is because I read that exact same passage yesterday. And yesterday we talked about just that first part, the intro accusation. And before we get to the judgment, which is all that swift and strong and mighty, you going down, in the middle is this really important part. And so what the prophets do, it's so interesting what they do, is they sometimes change time frames. And that's what we're going to see happen in today's episode. And so to prepare you, though, I want you all to think about this idea of remembrance, this idea of how do you put before you the things that people have done for you. So let me give you an example. I remember I was working in a ministry right out of college, and this particular day, our leader wanted to do something really nice for us. Um, they they wanted to kind of give us a little bit of a break, so they took us all to this coffee shop to buy us coffee or tea or, in my case, I'm sure, a cookie. And uh, when we got there, everybody started griping and complaining about missing something they were hoping to do that afternoon because this gift that they had given us kind of bled into our free time a little bit. So it it definitely bled, it like took away classroom time. So it was definitely a gift in that portion, but because of just the timing of it, it sort of bled into our free time a little bit. And rather than remembering, hey, this is a really nice thing that our leader had done, everybody just started griping. Really, I mean, truly, like to a fault, every single person, myself included. And it was on the ride home that I looked at our leader and saw defeat (laughs) on her face. And I'm not always the most spiritually in tune person. 
But for whatever reason, the Lord gave me grace that day. And I was like, oh, man, we completely, we lost sight of who she is and what she did for us. And so I grabbed her. I said, hey, are you are you upset because we were incredibly ungrateful? And she was like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I feel like here we are. I took you guys out. I bought you all treats. Try to do something nice for you. And you, you, you kind of lost sight of that because 30 minutes of your free time was taken away. And I was like, yeah. Well, you shouldn't have taken our free time away. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I said I'm sorry. I don't really know, honestly. Uh, I don't really remember how we resolved it. But I do remember thinking, gosh, like it is so easy to forget what somebody has done for you. I think there's a really one of my one of the more profound stories in the New Testament for me is Jesus heals 10 lepers, nine run away, and one comes back and says thanks. And one of the themes that you'll see throughout the Bible, I believe, is remembrance. So prior to the cross, a lot of the remember passages are like, remember the Exodus, remember the Exodus, remember that I saved you, remember that I brought you out. After the cross, it's a lot of remember Calvary, remember the cross, remember the resurrection, remember what Christ did for you. And I think that it is really important practice as believers to make sure we do that. Otherwise, I think it's easy to lose sight of who God is and what God has done for us. Case in point, Amos is going to do this for the people of Israel today. He has just listed the intro and accusation. Y'all have messed up. Like, not a little, like, not, hey, y'all, it'd be great if you would do some minor adjustment and tweaks. That was not the message. It was like, mic drop, you guys are, uh, you're so stupid that you got replaced by two O's. Like, you stupid, okay? Like, this is unbelievably wrong what you have done. And then all of a sudden, the time period changes. So we were in the present, and then all of a sudden, Amos just shuffles us into the past tense. The prophets do this. They oscillate between time a lot. The past ends up often becoming God's resume. What has God done for us? All of this stuff is stuff we did in the Friday feature, so it's expanded there. Also, I ripped all of this off from a guy named Scott Booth. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Shout out to Pillar Seminary. If you don't know them, check them out. Give them money. Support them. They're awesome. Past is God's resume. Present is usually the intro accusation type stuff. What have you done? Day of the Lord is where we're headed if you don't repent. It's a day of great calamity for those who are oppressing others. And it's a day of redemption for those who are being oppressed. And then there's the future, which is sometimes what we call near and far future different. So some of it's fulfilled in Jesus' first coming. Some of it's fulfilled in Jesus' second coming. This is a way oversimplified paradigm, but it kind of holds up. So that's exactly what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at this understanding of remembrance and what Amos is trying to remind the people of Israel. He has just laid out their intro and accusations. He has just, boom, mic dropped on them. You guys have messed up. And then all of a sudden we all get into the DeLorean and we fly back in time and we're going to do a flyover of a couple of pivotal things from God's resume that Amos wants to remind the people of Israel of. So here it is in the verses 9 through 11. He's first going to remind them about the Amorites. Why is this important? Well, when God goes back through the prophets and reminds them of the past, there's often three events that he focuses on. One is creation. God is the creator of everything, including you. You owe the one who made you some sort of allegiance. Also, he made everything, so he brought you into this world and he can take you out. So, yep, there's that. Second one, the Exodus, I'm the one that redeemed you. So echoes of redemption always in the Exodus. And then the conquest, which is God promised 
Abraham, your family will live in this land of Israel. He reiterates that promise to David. He reiterates that promise to people throughout time. So because of that, um, the land of Israel is also... Uh, the, it needs to be cleared out when Israel's coming into it. So these three things, creation, the exodus, and the conquest, are all things that God did for them. They did not, they, if you want to say, like saying you participated with God in your creation would be a very weird thing. You received your breath and your life and your, your humanity. You received redemption out of Egypt. And though you participated with God in fighting to clear out the land, we all know what it looked like when you did it on your own efforts. You fail. But when you allow God to fight for you, you win. So God does these things for them. And so the first one that he's going to reference is the Amorites. But what I want you to see here is there's a play on words between high and low. There's a reason why God is is able to get really upset with them. And so he's going to he's going to talk about clearing out the Amorites. These are people that would have been in the land that he needed to clear out on behalf of Israel. And then he talks about bringing them up out of Egypt. Again, this redemption. But notice this play on words. So in the accusations, he's like, you trampled down the poor. And God's like, but but hold on. Don't you remember how I brought the Amorites low? So the Amorites were high, and I brought them low for you. And then you were low in Egypt? And I brought you high. So you do know why it's so grievous that you would trample the poor? Because you were once poor. Because you remember what it was like when people trampled you into the poor. You know why this is so grievous? It's because you should remember. Again, remember. You should remember. And by the way, you didn't earn your high spot. I gave it to you. So who are you to go around strutting and peacocking all over the place Well, you didn't even do this for yourself. You acted like you're so big and bad and trampling the poor, lest you forget. If it weren't for me, the Amorites would be towering over you like cedars. But I whooped them and cleared them for you. And if it weren't for me, you'd still be making bricks in Egypt. You're welcome. Yeah, God is bringing his resume to them because he's trying to remind them. Humility looks good on everyone. And if... Israel is going to have a chance of repenting. It's going to have to come by way of humility. And a real easy route to humility is to reflect upon what it is that God has done for you. Because the reality is your life is grace. The next breath you're going to take is grace. The the fact that you have whatever it is that you have in your life is grace. And he's reminding the Israelites of who he is and what he's done for them. And hopefully, through remembering that, that would stir humility in them. The second accusation, though, that also happens here is he's like, I also want to remind y'all of something. I sent y'all prophets and Nazarites. So just a quick uh, reminder of what Nazarites are. Nazarites are these people that would take a special pledge where they would not cut their hair um, and they would not drink any product from the grape or wine, so any, any fermented drink or anything like that. So these were people that were specifically set apart to honor God in a specific way. And then he says, I sent you prophets, which remember, prophets aren't just future tellers. They, they certainly have the ability to relay what it is that God wants to communicate about the future. But the majority of what the, the simple definition of a prophet is God's spokesperson. And God goes, Wait, wait, wait. I gave y'all Nazarites and y'all were like, hey, I know 
that you're like kind of committed to God, but I mean, what is God, right? Cut your hair, drink some wine. It's no big deal. Come party with us. Wait, what? That's wildly inappropriate. That these people would choose to honor and glorify God with restraint in their life to to certain things. And the people of God have so little regard for God. Never mind that he brought them up out of Egypt. Never mind that he gave them the land of Cana. And they look at the Nazarites and they're like, you want a little sippy sip? You want a little something, something? And then I think the most egregious part of this is if you remember that a prophet is a spokesperson for God and they tell the prophets more or less, shut it. Who are they really telling to shut it? I don't know about y'all, but growing up, saying the word shut up in my family was actually uh, punishable by death offense. I don't know why. Like, I, my mom uh, didn't have, we, we were a pretty loose family in terms of rules, I want to say. I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. Like, we were given a good amount of freedom. Our, most of our behavior wasn't overly regulated. Um, there was an expectation that we would do right by others, and there was an expectation that we would do right by our family. But you know, I don't know that my parents necessarily would have been completely shocked had I used profanity at an early age. But interestingly enough, the word shut up, which I'm sure people are cringing right now, but I just keep saying it because I'm like, I like provoking people. That one really bothered my mom. And if I had told y'all, if I had looked Heather Keith in the face and said, shut up, I don't think I would be alive today to be doing this podcast without the restraint of God himself with my mother and rightfully punishing me. I just cannot imagine disrespecting my mother in that way. And that's more or less, maybe more, what's happening in this passage is Israel, by telling the prophets, y'all can peddle that message somewhere else. Why don't y'all stop talking? They are looking at God's messenger the people that God has entrusted to deliver his very words to the people that he has reminded, I rescued you. I gave you this land. Not to mention, I gave you that oxygen that you so desperately want to keep taking in your body and putting out CO2. Y'all know who I am, and I'm going to send you Amos, and I'm going to send you Isaiah, and I'm going to send you these other prophets. And all of a sudden, the people of Israel they get steely-eyed, look those prophets in the face, which is really looking God in the face and saying, shut up. What? Okay, that's just insane, y'all. I'm telling that is unbelievably egregiously wrong. That that's what this this prophetic messenger speaks for God. And you're gonna tell him to shut up. This is wrong. This is not just, hey, we don't want to hear from the prophet. This is, we don't want to hear from God. So what's our so what? Right? Because I, I think that I think that we have to learn from the Israelites' mistakes. And what I mean by that is I think we have to be people of remembrance. I think we've got to be people who are eager to remind ourselves and others of what God has done for us. So I just want to ask you this question that I think as the podcast comes to a close that you just think about, what has God done for you? And I think you can think about the answer to that in both a cosmic sense. He created you. He knit you in your mother's womb. I think you need to reflect on these things. I think you need to think about it in a salvific sense. 
the Father sent the Son to die on the cross for you. And after his resurrection, and he sent his, the Spirit to dwell inside of you. And you have been united to the Trinity. That's what he's done for you. But I also think there's a personal answer to this too. God's given you certain gifts of the Spirit, that God's provided certain people in your life, certain gifts, certain things. I want to ask you, what has God done for you? And what are habits of life that you can insert into your life to remind yourself of this? And one of the ways that you can do that is to not be like the Israelites. How we tell God, shut up today is going to be a little bit different. But one of the ways that we can say, speak up, is by doing what you're doing right now, which is studying God's word. God, remind me what you've said about yourself. Remind me what you've said about me. Remind me what you've said about others. Remind me what you've said about kingdom ethics. Remind me what it means to be in relationship with you. So that's our so what today is we got to be people who take seriously the remembrance of who God is and what God has done. Because if we forget those things, we will go off path. We have Israel to thank as a warning. If nobody's told you today that they love you, I do. Way more important, the God who remembers you and wants you to remember him. He's crazy about you. Peace.